Welcome to episode seven. Episode seven of Holy Ghost. Are we already at seven? I think we are. Ah, it's crazy. How the heck are you, Brianne? Well, welcome back, everyone. (laughs) I'm doing good. I'm also doing seven and in heaven. Disgusting. Um, So Brianne's doing that. Um, I'm also well, thank you. What are you drinking right now? Um, I am drinking some watermelon Rita that's about a month old, that's and cool. I found it in the bottom of our refrigerator. Yeah, I think I'm drinking month-old wine, because it has kind of like a little weird taste to it, but I'm going to drink it anyways. So we guys kind of just slim Old alcohol. Still does the same thing. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, if you listened to our last episode, you may have heard how fucking loud... The chair. My chair was? Yeah. To be fair, this chair was my mother's when she was a child in the 60s. It's <laughs> been through some stuff. Uh, my dad painted it, and now it's here. It's still a nice chair. Yeah, it's, it's a pretty just good very chair. creaky. It's just old. Yeah, like so we're testing out a new audio thing that's hopefully less yeah. quality, uh, so it won't pick up <laughs> the pipe sounds as well. <laughs> That's just living in New York for you, everyone. Basement is really fucking loud. Okay. Um, But yeah. Shall we begin? Let's do this. Okay. So can you guess what I'm going to talk about today? I honestly have no idea. Okay. So I'm going to give you four guesses. Okay. So is it A, a bad priest? B, a bad group of priests? C, a bad nun? Or D, a creepy orphanage? (laughs) All right. Well, I feel like, oh, that's hard. But yeah. like we've done a bad priest. We've done all four of those. Things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with the bad group of priests for 10,000, Alex. It's actually just one bad priest this week. Wow. Yeah. Um, so today I'm talking about Hans Schmidt. He is the only priest to ever be executed in the United States under the death penalty. No way. Yes. Um, he's a bad bad guy Ooh, uh, content warning now this episode has mentions of both child and animal abuse Ew. and a very disturbing murder possibly multiple murders but only one is confirmed but i feel like people who murder people in really bad ways tend to all right i have a question is yes. this any relation to like asylum that weird hans guy Possibly, maybe he based it off of that um, because, well, okay, that would have happened later because I think Asylum took place after World, World War Two, and yeah. this is pre-World War One. Okay, all right. I was just curious. Also, I think that guy's a doctor. If I'm... Yeah, Hans is a really common name. Yeah, <laughs> anyone German, I'm like, Hans? <laughs> so Hans Schmidt was born in Bavaria, now Germany, in 1881. And he was the son of a Protestant father and a Catholic mother. As a child, he was fascinated by religion and rituals. Um, He even made a homemade altar so he could play priest. Yeah. Suspicious. His mother encouraged this and even helped him learn Latin so he could pretend to say mass. Um, Some of his other fascinations, besides Catholicism, were, unfortunately, the death and dissection of animals. Oh, Um, that's not a, a... Bad yeah. sign. Yeah, like every killer before him. It's not a precursor yes. to psychopathy. Yes. 
So one of his favorite pastimes was hanging out at the local slaughterhouse, watching them process pigs and cows. And he was known to spend entire days just sitting there. He would bring a snack. Ew. Yeah, no. Gross child. Um, I think he had one friend that would go with him. Weird. Um, relatives recounted a time when he would kill two geese on his family's farm, and then he carried around the severed heads in his pocket. Um, his father confronted him about why he would kill two of their farm animals, and his response was, I like to see blood. Huh. Sounds yeah. like a stand-up feller. Yeah, he's a child at this point and already... Yeah. Well, his father grew concerned because his family had a history of mental illness, and instead of doing anything helpful, he would basically just beat him whenever he displayed any disturbing behavior, because he thought that would make him stop. It's just... But it did not. Um, during his trial as an adult, one of the doctors who interviewed him said that Hans had recounted an incident from his childhood, saying that he'd once gashed his leg while playing outside, and when his sister helped him bandage the wound, he suddenly became aroused at the sight of blood. Mm. And so this would like keep coming up throughout his life. He basically All not good signs. Yeah, yeah, figured out that he was aroused um, at, yeah. So he began to seek it out, leading to the death of the two geese I previously mentioned and multiple other farm animals in the surrounding area. People couldn't always link it back to him, but many just assumed. Um, his mother tended to ignore his more concerning activities and instead chose to focus on his growing interest in Catholicism. Yeah, she was just like, that's fine, but at least he likes God, question mark? You can't see it right now, but my face is utter disgust shriveled up into <laughs> i have no face anymore <laughs> Ooh, i need that to get through this story because it's very disturbing something tells me it's only gonna get worse from here. oh yes so at 14 he would enroll at a school that taught latin because he wanted to be prepared to enter the seminary in a few years he was very book smart and always maintained good grades but he made few friends and many people thought he was awkward just, you know, he, he didn't have any childhood friends, really, except the one that he would hang out at the slaughterhouse with. Not, so, not many kids want to... Yeah, that friendship didn't last, I guess. I wonder what he's up yeah, to Yeah, what now. did he do? I think his name was Fritz. What is, what is Fritz up to? If what anyone knows Fritz... <laughs> former friend of Hans Schmidt in the 1880s. I would really like to know. I feel like Fritz maybe didn't do too well either. This wasn't confirmed, but there were also rumors that they, like, began sexually experimenting with one another at a young age after they, like, while they were hanging out at the slaughterhouse. Yeah, it's, that part was a little um, shadier, and that's Cloudy. just, yeah, because when he was on trial as an adult, like, he was interviewed by many doctors who were, like, asking him about his childhood and all these things, so they they were, like, trying to pull out, like, oh, what traumatic event, and no one tried to find... <laughs> I think when, so we'll get there, but when, when he, you know, is finally, I'm getting ahead of myself, right, but later when he's on trial, it's also like the beginning of World War One. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert, a war happens in Germany. Is more very, than one? Germany's very involved. There's been more than one. <laughs> what? Am I already drunk? <laughs> I can't even look at you. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, this is a very serious topic, and I'm just... 
already sweating. All right. So besides his yeah, friend awkward, Fritz. his one friend Fritz. Um, so he would get through Latin school, um, preparing him for the seminary. And at 19, he would enroll at St. Augustine Seminary in Mainz. While he felt called to the priesthood, he was concerned about his growing sexual desires. Fair. Um, he would later say that he heard God speak to him, though, and remind him that this is what he was meant to do. So throughout his life, he would claim that he heard voices and like those voices were God or a saint and they would like tell him what to do. Hmm. I'm a good sign. I have a, a hunch of what is meant to come from those voices. Yes. yes. Yeah. Like I was saying, um, it's hard to say if that was legit, like he was hearing voices or if that was just part of his like pleading insanity later on in life. Gotcha. So that's disputed. Okay. Yeah. So in 1904, Hans Schmidt would be ordained as a Catholic priest in the Diocese of Mainz in Germany by Bishop Kirstein in a ceremony that no one else attended. Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> yes. What were the requirements for so priesthood? Normally, I think when they like ordain, usually it's like a ceremony where like multiple people or like it's a public ceremony. But it was just him and this guy. Well, but it didn't seem like this was like a hush-hush thing that this guy was like... So that's the thing. So some sources try to say that he was self-ordained and that he lied about being ordained by a bishop. But like, because they were like, oh, people were concerned about his like moral and mental fitness to serve. But he was given parish assignments within Maine's, his diocese, you know, after being ordained. So whether it was legitimate or not, someone was like, okay, you're, you're fine to work. You're a priest. Right. So, yeah. A couple articles called him, like, the self-ordained priest. But I was like, can I just self-ordain and they'll, like, send me to a parish? Like, yeah. Is that fine? Is there no fingerprinting process back in the 1800s? <laughs> I don't think so. I think I can answer that one without looking. <laughs> I feel like, no. Um, Hans himself would say that his real ordination had been given by St. Elizabeth herself and that she'd appeared to him one night while he was praying and said to him, I ordain you to the priesthood. That's all she said. <laughs> she was not very wordy. Um, he didn't speak of this often because he thought people would make fun of him. Um, but this event will be very important later. Make fun of him for being a priest? No, make fun of him because he's saying that he was ordained by St. Elizabeth herself, who appeared to him one night. Gotcha. So he was like, I can't tell anybody that. People, you know. Wouldn't want that to get out. <laughs> the blood's fine, but. Being turned on by blood is fine, but. Whew. Yeah. He would work in the Diocese of Mainz for four years, moving around often to different assignments. Huh. Huh. Was frequently moved around. Interesting. <laughs> around, so 1904 to 1908. It's rumored that this is because he was molesting altar boys and frequently seeking out sex workers. In the book, um, Killer Priests, The Crimes, Trials, and Execution of Father Hans Schmidt by Mark Gato, the author says that Hans admitted this to his fellow priests in confessional. So he told people that he was molesting young boys, and they did the, the but old... But he confessed it, Molly. That's true, so I guess it's off his soul now. Yeah. So they were just like, okay, off to another church you go. But he would just do the same thing. Mm. Yeah. That so seems smart. It got to the point, basically, where no parish in Germany would take him. So he, why. he just had nowhere to go. Um, can you guess where he went? I think I alluded to this already. But what country, who, a country that, you know, mistreats anyone who isn't white, but are happy to take a pedophilic murderous priest? What? U.S. Ooh, USA. Yep. He went to the United States. 
He would first be assigned to St. John's Roman Catholic Church in Louisville, Kentucky in 1909. Um, very quickly, him and the other priests there began to dislike each other, and it wasn't long before he was sent to New York City. Um, in 1912, oh, also they never say what exactly they did, you know, didn't get along about, but that also will come up later because everything in this story just comes back to haunt you. Gotcha. So, <laughs> so in 1912, while working at St. Boniface Church in Midtown Manhattan, which is no longer open today, Hans met a young Austrian woman named Anna um, Muller. We're going to go with that. It's probably incorrect, but that's Sounds how we're good. going to say it. We're going to call her Anna, who was employed by the church as a housekeeper. And it wasn't long before Hans was making advances onto her. She rejected him at first, probably because he is a priest, and that is against the rules. But eventually they began an affair. Mm -hmm. Schmidt would later say that God had spoken to him directly again and ordered him to love Anna, despite being a priest. Yep. Every time I fuck up, I'm just going to say... God told me to. Yeah. At the same time, Hans was also having an affair with a man named Ernest Murray, a dentist that he began to operate a counterfeiting business with. Hmm. It's not exactly the bicon, the bisexual icon that we wanted, but no. it is the one that we got. So it's the one we deserve. Yeah, let's be real. <laughs> I don't think that's true. But, um, okay. Hans ran multiple scams. One was a shop in Harlem that produced fake $10 bills, and another planned to scam disabled parishioners in his church for insurance money. So he was also just a shitty guy who wanted to not fuck only, people over. Yeah, yeah. Not only is he a murderer, he's just a bitch. Um, Spoiler <coughs> alert! Oh, fuck. I think I said that at the beginning. No comment. I don't think you did. Well, I'm going to call this episode, like, Killer Priest, so... I think that'll imply it. A little. Maybe. Might give a little. I'll think about titles. A little seasoning. Seasoning. Okay. Hans would eventually get moved to St. Joseph's Church in Harlem, which is still around today. Possibly Harlem? Harlem, yeah, it's in Harlem. St. Joseph's Church. No, Harlem is still around today? No, Harlem is closed <laughs> down, unfortunately. <laughs> Oh, sorry. Actually, you live pretty close to this, so maybe we'll take a field trip. Woo. <laughs> um, but he possibly moved because the head priest at St. Boniface found out about their affair. That is not confirmed. Later on, he would deny that he knew anything about the affair, but... Mm. Mm. Mm -hmm. Suspicious. Okay. So they continued their relationship, and eventually Anna wanted more, and she asked him to leave the priesthood and marry her. Yeah. Like, there was no one else in the whole city. No other options. Yeah. No one else. So he said he would consider it. And in the meantime, performed an illegitimate marriage ceremony and put their names on a marriage certificate saying that, well, I'm a priest, so I guess I can marry you. So he married the two of them. Yes. Can you do that? No, no, it's not legit. Like, <laughs> you can't, like, be the own... Ordainer? Yeah, or yeah. Organist? Yeah. Oh, organist? <laughs> um, yeah, that's not allowed. <laughs> but um, later, um, after getting fake married, 
he says that they were having sex on the altar of St. Joseph's. Oh my god. Yeah, bro, like... Talk about sacrilegious. Yeah, like, I'm not even one to be like, oh, the church, but like... That, that's too Yeah, far. that's a little too much. <laughs> that's, that's no, the, yeah. don't do that. Um, and while they were having sex on the altar of St. Joseph's, he heard the voice of God again. Of course he did. What did God say this time? He told him that he needed a sacrifice and that he should sacrifice. No! Anna. Yeah, he doesn't, nothing happens right now. They they finish, you know, on the altar. <laughs> Poor choice of words. <laughs> but the voice was, was so insistent that he told Anna. He was like, hey, just to let you know, God is telling me to sacrifice. I'm gonna kill you. And she didn't. She, she didn't leave. She didn't leave his ass. They no, no. I mean, I feel bad. She was probably just like, oh, he's quirky. <laughs> if someone tells me that they're gonna murder me, yeah. I'm packing my bag. Well, okay, but her response was she was pregnant. The lady told us to leave. <laughs> Quoting Drag Race. At a time like this, I just announced that she was pregnant, and you're quoting drag race. <laughs> she is one yeah, child. That was an appropriate uh, reaction. Okay. Um, so she's pregnant, and if we were big-time podcasters, this would be the part where we would do a HelloFresh ad. But we're Hello, not, we're trash. Not, but we're not. So. Yeah, we have, like, two listeners. So HelloFresh is not banging down the door. Unfortunately, send me food. Okay. So she is pregnant. But alas, if you were a priest, yes, and priest, you had a okay. mistress, which is already bad. Gotcha. But then mistress is pregnant. Yeah, well, personally, expose you. God did tell me to kill her. So if I could get like Did God also tell you to sacrifices? Did he? I don't I don't think he did, but it just happened. Um I should keep going. So <laughs> the couple had been renting an apartment together. And on September 2nd, 1913, while she was asleep, Han slit her throat and oh. began to drink her blood. Ew. Yeah. It's like a Dracula situation. Like he did a lot of disgusting things in that moment that I'm not going to say. But um, after he died, he dismembered and disposed of her body in the Hudson River. Oh. And what did he do after that? What, what did he do after murdering his kind of wife, mother of his child? Performed a mass? Yes, he went right back to St. Joseph's and said mass and gave out communion. People disgust me. I just... Yeah, so... I have no faith in him. He, like, didn't even, like, I don't know, sleep it off. It's like, I'm gonna go give out, like, this sacred bread wafer to everybody that you're... <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> well, like, you're not even supposed to get communion if you're, like, a sitting. Yeah. And, like, you go on giving it out, and he just, like, committed a very awful crime. Yes. Not only did he kill her, but... Yeah, he did a lot of... Oh, pregnant true. And, yeah. like, yeah. Yeah. So, gross things happened, I'm not gonna say. But uh, three days later, um, two men in New Jersey were walking along the Hudson River, and they found a package wrapped in newspaper washed onto the shore. Um, when they opened it, they found a woman's lower torso. Oh, Yes. Um, a few days after that, 
three miles down the river, an upper torso would be found, but it would be missing the head. And it was wrapped in a monogrammed pillowcase with the letter A and weighed down with rocks. Please tell me this was at least done after she died, though. Yeah, I mean, I think I think by the time that happened, she was already, because he slit her throat first. Okay. So, yeah. I, Not that that's any less fun. I know, though, but, but like, like, hopefully she was at least, like, already dead before. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, I... I think so, because I think the blood loss alone... Gotcha. I think that was more of a way to dispose of the body. Without anyone finding it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, luckily, it was the olden times, and a monogrammed pillowcase was pretty unique. You could not just get one off Amazon. And they tracked down the store in New York, who um, fortunately kept detailed records of their sales, and they were the only one to sell this particular pillowcase. And they were able to trace it to the apartment that Hans and Anna had rented together, even though he'd used a fake name. Um, The landlord had no idea that he was a priest and was under the assumption that it was just a man renting out an apartment for a female relative, and he'd given the landlord the name H. Schmidt. So he didn't even fake his name at the apartment. He faked it on his receipt to purchase the pillowcase, but the apartment was under, like, his first initial and his last name. Gotcha. But they didn't know he was a priest. Okay. So um, the police broke into the apartment and found the walls and floors stained with blood, and it looked as if someone had fled quickly, because he'd left behind a lot of evidence. He tried to clean. There was an attempt, but it was pretty bad. Why would he leave the pillow? Like, I'm just... Yeah, like, honestly, he didn't... You know, for for how awful the crime is, he really didn't try and cover up his tracks. It doesn't sound like at all, because he thought enough to, like, with the receipt, but then he's like, I'm still gonna... Yeah, like, he rented the apartment under his name... He used something that could be easily traced. Like, and the this first... was the 1900s, so yeah. it's not like they yeah. could catch him with the blood. Like... Well, like, the first the first package, they didn't know anything because it was just newspaper right. from, you know, New York. So they knew where, you know, they knew it happened in New York City because of the paper, but, like, they, there's no way to trace that. And it's like, why didn't you just wrap the body in the... Not that I'm, you know, like, yeah. bad at, you know, murdering, but, like, seriously, like, you did this really awful thing and you didn't even try to... To cover it? You just... Did you want to get caught? Yeah, which is the confusing part. Um, but yeah, so they get to the apartment, they break in, blood everywhere. It looks like there's been an attempt to clean it, but it, you know, didn't work out. They can still see it. Uh, they find a 12-inch butcher knife and a handsaw, both appearing to have been recently cleaned in a trunk. And they also find photos of Anna, which, again, they really don't know her identity yet because she was, you know, missing her head. And they... Yeah... They don't know anything about her until they find these photos. Uh, they also found letters that led them to discovering her previous place of employment, St. Boniface, where they quickly discovered that a Hans Schmidt had formerly worked there as a priest. So again, he really did not cover his tracks. Yeah, no. Yeah. Nope. No, he did not. Let's see. The police found him at St. Joseph's Rectory, where he lived and worked when he wasn't out having affairs and murdering people. And when they approached him, he basically denied it all until they were like, yo, you literally rented this apartment under your name. And then he like admitted everything and he shouted, I killed her. I killed her because I love her. And then he gave them like overly explicit details of what had happened. Like shit they didn't even realize had gone down. Um, And then they arrested him. His trial gained a lot of media attention, of course, being a killer priest and all. So that was like pretty high profile. 
His defense would plead insanity, citing sources of mental illness in his family tree and claiming that he'd only murdered Anna because the voices he had heard had told him to. And of course he thought that those voices were God and being a priest, they were like, oh, he had to, you know, because the voices told him to. And he also claimed that at one point, St. Elizabeth had appeared to him asking for a sacrifice and that he had had to throw the body into the river because a blood sacrifice could only be consummated with water. Wait, did she ask him for a separate one? So did you know, he... Saint, see, that's the thing. I once said he's saying God told him to, and then he's like, St. Elizabeth told me to, that she needed a sacrifice. Gotcha. So yeah. very, not one with the detail. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's also like they're trying to say he's not guilty because of insanity, so they're just... They're just trying to yeah. throw anything that could stick. Um, the jury could not decide... And he would end up getting a second trial because the they couldn't come to a unanimous decision. On what? Whether he did whether, it or whether, no, he, whether was he was insane. insane or not. Okay, gotcha. Which, I mean, I, I guess, you know, people were probably like, oh, he's a priest. Like, he can't be guilty. But um, it kind of worked out because while they were, you know, waiting for a new trial to happen, they were able to procure evidence that he had hired a woman to pose as Anna and go and purchase a life insurance policy for her. And he was, of course, the sole beneficiary. Yes. So this kind of helped convince the jury that he was just like a money-hungry, evil criminal and not like, oh, the lovesick husband who's like listening to God and like he had to do it because God told, you know. So now they're kind of like, okay, you're not, you're just, you're just a bad guy. Yeah. Yeah. So this, it kind of worked out that there was a break. Um, the jury had swung out of his favor and he was sentenced to first degree murder with the death penalty on February 5th, 1914. Yeah. How do you feel about the death penalty? I like loaded questions. It is a loaded question. I go back and forth. Like, yeah. It's hard with a case like this to be like, yeah, like I'm not going to say like this obviously evil guy didn't deserve it. I just don't yeah. understand, like, the concept of, like, oh, yeah. you killed someone, so I'm gonna kill you. Yeah, and it's, like, especially in, like, modern-day America, I feel like we just use it to kill, like, especially people of color that, like, yes. there wasn't always, like, 100% concrete evidence, and, and what I just, if we yeah. did it wrong? Yeah, and I just don't know if there's a way to have a death penalty without sometimes fucking up, and, like, that small chance of fucking up, like, makes me feel like we shouldn't have it at all exactly but yeah it's hard to like look at a in case like this sucks, so yeah it's, it's not like yeah especially i feel like in the 1900s prison was probably like very shitty i think he was at sing sing in new york okay which even today is like a notoriously shitty prison bad prison and like i assume in the 1900s it was even worse, even worse. um but yeah so death penalty is hard it's like obviously in this case i'm like yeah i guess he deserved but yeah yeah. A moral question. Um, his lawyers would file appeals multiple times uh, because after his sentence, he began to proclaim his innocence. So throughout the trial, he'd been saying, like, you know, I did it, but I did it because God, I, you know, God told me to. Elizabeth or the but then guy he, down the yeah. street told me to. Yeah. Then he, like, switched his game and was like, no, I didn't do it. I'm innocent. Um at one point, he claimed that his lover slash dentist, Ernest Murray, had accidentally killed Anna while attempting to perform an abortion and that he'd taken the blame for him. Um, but I don't think an abortion typically involves sawing the woman in half. But again, I'm not a medical doctor, so. Right, I don't have that license. I don't have the license, but 
that seems like a very extreme way to go about terminating a pregnancy. Yeah, um, I, I just don't. Yeah, that one didn't make sense because I was like, and then you cut her up? Like, you still right. mutilated her body, even if that was true? Which I, coming from the, I feel like he only made that up after, like, he was like, oh, shit, like, I'm going to be executed. Like, yeah, I need to now pin this on someone else. Also, I feel like opening up about, like, your fluid sexuality in the early 1900s is not going to make a courtroom, like, swing in your favor. He's like, no, I did it for my other lover, a man, and it's the 1900s, and you probably aren't cool with that. Like, I just feel like that was not a good attempt at an appeal. Yeah. Uh, But they all ended up being turned down. At the same time, police in Louisville, Kentucky, where he'd been placed before moving to New York, began to draw similarities between the way that Anna had been dismembered and the body of a young girl that they'd found in the basement of his former church in 1910. What? Yes. Um, He hadn't been considered a suspect at the time, but she had gone missing shortly after his placement began there. Yes. Yep. So (laughs) this is another thing about the death penalty is like, uh, like they didn't really have time to look into this case because like he got the death penalty and like they moved a lot faster back then. But like it, it kind of prevented Kentucky from pursuing him for his crime there. Right. Um, A janitor had taken the blame due to bloody clothes that they found in his home, but many now believe that the girl had been like a warm-up crime to killing his mistress and that he was just like practicing basically. Yeah. I'm not sure how the janitor would tie in unless that was like an accomplice of some sort, but like it was very similar the the way that her body was found. Yeah. And she was only like nine or ten. Oh my god, baby. Yeah, so... And again, like I said earlier, this would come back because the priest in Louisville, they had like some big disagreement and he was sent to New York and they never really discussed what that disagreement was. So I don't know if he thought he was suspicious or something like that's just me conspiracy theorizing, but possibly he knew something was up with the priest. Right. Or just thought he was a bad guy. Could have pulled the whole, if you don't leave, like I'm going to yeah. turn Spose you in type of thing. I know. <laughs> okay. It's a serious moment, Brian. <laughs> so Hans Schmidt would be sent to the electric chair on February 18th, 1916. He spent the night before proclaiming his innocence one last time. Uh, but also he would say, like, I'm ready to die and all. Yeah. Yep. So his last words were, I want to say one word before I go plot twist he sends he says more than one word i beg forgiveness of all i have offended or scandalized and i forgive all who have offended against me and uh he's real wordsmith and because he's a man he lied and he had a few more last words and it was my last word is to say goodbye to my dear old mother so that was a word yeah that was a a lot of fucking words that was like a haiku (laughs) you imagine you were about to be executed and you spit you know, out a haiku? I whip out a poem. <laughs> it did some walk a lonely road or... What was the one we had to memorize? Oh, uh, The Road Less Traveled? That's yes. not a haiku, Brie. Well, it's a poem. That would be mine. I would recite... 
I had to memorize a like a like a weird type of a poem to to audition for <laughs> Wizard of Oz. I would do that. Okay. I think I would do the preamble from the Constitution because we learned that from that Schoolhouse Rock video, and it's the only a. Or I would read like the lyrics like super bass. This one is the boys the boob My last words before I leave this earth. This one is for the boys. The boys with the booming system. Um, Amen. But yeah, that's uh, Hans Schmidt. He He's a murderer. He might be a serial killer. Sounds like he was. I feel like he's killed more people, but, you know, he's only really on paper charged for the one. Because, and suspected of it. Like I said, that's another thing about the death penalty, like, especially, like, now it takes a lot longer to go through the process, but he only waited two years, and Kentucky really didn't have time to properly investigate. investigate. And, like, another man was in jail for that. And, like, maybe he was guilty fully. Maybe he was partially guilty. But we don't know because... We'll never know. Yeah, there just wasn't enough time. Um, He would end up being buried in New York. His family wanted him to come back to Germany. But, again, like, this is right when World War I is about to start. And there was just, like, no way to get him back. Because, obviously, Germany and the U.S. were not getting along. It's a way to say it. Yeah, so he is buried at a location in New York that is unknown because his family requested that it not be released to the public because people would probably vandalize vandalize it. Yeah. Wow. Also, I'm not sure if Homie really deserves a a headstone. No. Just like. Does it be even weird if like people start to like? They're weird. They're weird people in the world. Yeah. So, yeah. How do you feel about that? I had zero knowledge of this. Yeah, yeah. I think the church tries to not be associated with him, which is why I think, again, like I said earlier, they tried to say that he was like self ordained. For me, that feels like they're trying to be like, we didn't make him a priest. Right, it's a cop out. But like, then you sent him on parish assignments, so does it even matter? Exactly. (laughs) Like, you treated him as a priest and you gave him priestly jobs, so. Is that all it takes? Yeah. Can I just like walk up and be like, well, it depends. Did St. Elizabeth tell you to? No, but God did. Fair. Okay. Yeah, and this is also a weird case because I'm like, did he actually have, like, a mental illness that wasn't being, you know, cared for? Or was he just using, like, did he just make all of that up to plead for the insanity case? It seemed pretty convenient just at the yeah. end just to be like. I think I could believe it if, like, the stuff hadn't come out about him, like, Getting the running, life insurance yeah. policy. And, like, he ran multiple counterfeiting scams for money in yeah. New York. That makes me think, okay, maybe he made this up so he didn't, you know, have to, yeah, die. Although, I feel like going to, like, an institution back in those days would also be pretty terrible. Yeah, yeah, like, I, yeah. Would not be good. Yeah, no, because they were not safe or good places that actually helped seen asylum. Yes. Have we all? I have, yes. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's that's our our bad priest of the week, Hans Schmidt. 
punishment. We one do way. not stand. We do not stand. Although it is one of the only cases that I'm like, okay, he actually, you know, had consequences to his actions. Well, yeah. Yeah, I don't think there's really any. Anyway, he also uh, kind of desecrated their altar at one point. So yeah, that that's yeah. As much as I go on about the church, I would not do that in a church. Yeah, it just there's an invisible a, line. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that's bad guy of the week, U.S. Um, Brianne, would you like to tell me a story about your youth? Sure, Molly. Thank you for asking. You're welcome, Brianne Rogers. So I think the story of the week that I am going to be sharing is the Phantom of the Opera remake <laughs> by yours truly and a group of others. In elementary school. You're just going to tell me the plot. (laughs) (laughs) There's this girl, she sings opera, then there's this guy. Who wears a mask? So, the group of friends that I was... before we were friends? Yeah. Yep. Group of friends that I was with back in the heyday. (laughs) What an odd group. And we decided, because we were so cool... That during recess, we would reenact the Phantom of the Opera, and <laughs> each of us, like? I was always the Phantom. <laughs> <laughs> I always wanted to be, what's the girl's name? Christine. Christine, but I was not Christine material, I was told. I think I can guess who Christine was. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> And so I always had to be the phantom and we would perform this play for teachers. Wait, I don't remember this at all. Yeah, it was during recess. We were memory of this. We what would was I doing? Go to the teacher and we would be like, Do you wanna sit and watch us perform this play? Wait, did you guys sing? Yeah. <laughs> and I had never seen the Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> I only knew you had a pretty song. big role. Yeah, I did. I had a very big Music role. of the night. Yep. And um, I'm really upset that I was never invited to a performance, but it's fine. I guess we weren't friends. It's fine. Sometimes I wake up in a cold sweat remembering the awkwardness of our poor teacher having to <laughs> pretend that she enjoyed any of it. What song did you know? Was it music of the night? Or was it... Yeah, that was. <laughs> that was a live reenactment? <laughs> it, was, it was really bad. But also, what does it mean that I'm not Christine material? That I'm only the, the ugly phantom? <laughs> that I had to wear a mask to cover <laughs> That's the only role I could play. There's many roles. <laughs> yeah, there's stagehand, the love interest... Yep, no. I, I feel like you could have been Raul. You have the hair. You have the long, flowing, reddish hair. Mm. I guess he was more blonde. I was, I was Imagine if the Phantom was a redhead. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't know. Ed Sheeran playing the Phantom of the Opera on Broadway. What would happen? I vividly remember just pretending the row and that row. row. I would say, you know those little, like, fake rods that we had? 
Right. So I would sit on like the fake rock and I would just you go were so cool. <laughs> You were so cool before we became friends. I really wasn't. Wow. It was also like we were like the foot club. With, like, we had like a we wanted like a YouTube channel before <laughs> YouTube and we would make foot like club. That sounds... It sounds sus. <laughs> Very suspicious. Okay. It's not. It Ran was... as a child. Do you remember <laughs> the, the, the Amanda Bynes show? Yeah. So it was like yeah. that-esque. It was like the girls' room. I'm sure a lot of people would have watched. No, they wouldn't have. And if they so did, it would have been for the wrong reasons. <laughs> That's what I mean. They would not have not for the innocent reasons that... Oh, no. <laughs> I had a weird childhood. Okay, so sign our petition to make the next Phantom of the Opera on Broadway a ginger. Let's do it. Yeah. I'd be very down for it. Yeah. Representation. <laughs> Is this diverse? <laughs> <laughs> It's not the diversity you asked for, but it's the one you're going to get. <laughs> That's all we got. Um, okay. Wow, that was great. I Again, I'm really sad I missed that performance. I don't think you'd let me live it down, so I'm really glad that. Yeah, I, I feel like it's like a concert that I missed, and like my whole life I'm going to regret not going to it. You're probably one of the cool kids behind, you know, the bleachers, doing the hippity hop. <laughs> What's that? Is that a drug reference for you? No. <laughs> Wait, the hippity hop. The hippity hop. <laughs> I don't know where I was, to be honest. I had like two friends, so I was probably with one of them or both. <laughs> Were you a glider girl? What the fuck is that? The glider on the playground. No, thing that I you... have the upper body strength of a fish. I was not on the glide. Were you uh, under the, the yes. slide? Oh my gosh. Okay, do you remember under the slides there was yes. a little piano? Yes. That's where I hung out. There we go. It when I say piano, I mean a couple ding, ding. square metal pieces yep. sticking out of a wall. Yep. You ran into them too hard. You cut your hip open. Spleen. <laughs> Spleen's <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> Um, this was before someone carved the fuck word into the piano. That's right. Yeah. Who forward. did it? Who did, Who did it? Come forward now. I don't know where you at. Wow. Maybe I was like, oh, that's kind of magical. If I was playing the piano while you were the phantom. <laughs> where I was on the other end of the piano. I am literally the phantom. I'm under there alone. <laughs> Truly magical. Beautiful moment. Yeah. That we shared, but didn't share. But didn't share, because we weren't friends yet, because yeah. you had other cooler but friends. Our we minds were, together. were Exactly. Yeah. The universe said, wait. One day. <laughs> One day. Wait until Brienne gets brutally kicked out of her friend group. This was actually <laughs> the original friend group, so this oh. would have been the second You went through a couple of friend groups. did. Jesus Christ. I hippity around. <laughs> Friend group to friend group, lunch table to lunch table. Also, our class numbers dwindled so much by the time we were in eighth grade. Do you remember, okay, how there was the big table? Mm -hmm. And then, so there was one girl extra at, like, the table. And 
And they wouldn't let you pull up a chair. They wouldn't let you pull up a chair, so it was a fire hazard. But they basically created a situation where one person would end up, like, sitting alone. Yeah. How fucked up is that? Mm. I ain't no fire hazard. Y'all just wanted to be Teachers wanted the drama. They were like, let's (laughs) let's sit someone by themselves and let's just walk. Like, like, uh, my life is sad. This is my only source of It's like survival, but in the lunchroom. They're like out staring out the little window in the teacher's room. They probably voted. They went to the box and they said which one would be the one that would be. Because it was really just who got there last. It was. My sympathies to you if you were last in the lunch line. Some of us had shorter legs than others. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Molly, so what is your story? Okay, so I saw my sister this weekend, and we were, like, talking about stuff. um, Because we hadn't seen each other in a long-ass time, like, over a year. And she's been listening to my pod, and we were recounting memories from our youth. And these are just, this isn't even like a specific incident. This is just something that happened to everyone who went to our school. Do you remember, um, we, so we had a science teacher. She who shall not be named. She who shan't be named. Um, So to teach science at a Catholic school, like in the early 2000s, apparently you didn't have to have any sort of qualifications. No no requirements. I think she had an art degree, which I, I too have an art degree, but... You will not catch me trying to teach biology to children. That's not how I intend to use my degree. (laughs) And um, so we learned very little, I'd say. Mm. But there was one science experiment that everybody learned. Do you remember? The the pear? (laughs) Oh, my (laughs) good gracious great balls of pears. (laughs) So... I don't know if you know this, but if you have a pear tree and while the while the pears are still growing, if you put a bottle over a branch, the pear will grow inside the bottle and you will then become a very strange old woman who carries that pear around with her everywhere. <laughs> I can't even look at you right now because you just unlocked yet another when just... I tell you that this bottle sat in the corner of every classroom she taught in where we had her for a lower grade and then she moved up and we had to have her again rumor is it's still there rumor is it's still in the fucking corner and if you dared to glance over mm-hmm. she would explain how did the pack in there <laughs> I was like, I don't know what a cell is, but I can tell you, because <laughs> God wouldn't want me to know how cells work, the very thing that make up our body. <laughs> I know how a gosh darn hair gets in the into bottle. a fucking plastic bottle. Now you all know. Try it on your own pear tree, because I assume we all have one, as she seemed to, because she would tell us every year to go and do it. <laughs> Get yourself a pear tree, step one. Mm-hmm. Step one. Plant Get your the seeds. Um, perhaps purchase a bottle of pop and drink all of it. All of it. Uh, don't leave no residue behind. None. None. Maybe wash it out. Maybe. <laughs> if you're classy, <laughs> Get yourself one of them. <laughs> Water sprinkler. Oh yeah, yeah. And watch the tree grow. Yeah, watch. You have to. You may have to wait a couple years. And then tape their their bottle on one of the the trees. Then their trees. 
Oh, but save the cap for your bottle. That's another Yes. Story. So when you're rinsing out the bottle, make Don't sure throw you, the cap. you save the cap. Important detail. Important detail. Yeah. Um, remove the wrapper for ultimate exposure because you want to see that pear growing. Mm -hmm. Um, and once the pear is you don't in that see bottle, no Desanti, <laughs> Aquafina, none, Pepsi, Cola, you know, like Lana Del Rey's. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cola. Okay, that's not how <laughs> But uh, so once the pear is big enough where it will not fall out of the bottle when you put the cap on, you have done yourself a science. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I learned nothing about science, but I learned how to how put How old would that pair have been? That was there before Older the than the earth of time. Oh, Older man. than the crust of this very earth. <laughs> wow. I wonder what it is up to now. Like, that where pair? is it hoisted? I imagine that when she passes, they will put it in the coffin with her. <laughs> She'll be holding it like a rosary. <laughs> Honestly, because you know how we discussed. How our mascot got changed to an apple? Yeah, it should have been a pear. It should have been a pear. Oh my, it is 2,000 degrees in here. I am crying and sweating. <laughs> Profusely. I'm currently, like, clothesless. So, um, yeah, a fun little experiment for the kids. We got another one for you if you're bored. I am, I am. This less of an event as well. Um, but do you remember how... So we, we had a good music teacher our last few years. But, yes. But before that... Yes. Do you remember being like six years old? And she put on like a Mozart orchestra. Yes. I, I don't know what Mozart plays. I apologize. But she put on like a complicated song played by a million different instruments. And she would look at us six-year-olds and she'd say... Name every instrument. Identify every instrument. We didn't have, like, a, a precursor to this. There was no. no, like, this is what a viola sounds like. No. She just looked at our dumb little six-year-old faces and was like, identify every instrument in this orchestra or you will receive a failing grade. Yep. <laughs> I think I said every song had a, a guitar. I think I just named every instrument I knew. Which wasn't much. At the age of seven. She'd cover up the posters on the wall of all the instruments. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Oof. That was just another fun little, what did I learn in Catholic school? I remember she, like, broke us off into groups, like, based on, like, color. And I was in the orange group, which, profiling much? <laughs> Regardless. <laughs> the day Brienne learned about <laughs> Regardless, I couldn't spell orange. <laughs> Was she like, that's pretty sad considering it what was. color your hair is. <laughs> it does smell like O-R-A. Well, I'm going to end up Can you even spell it today? <laughs> <laughs> I can't smell orange. Thank you very much. But I turned it back then, and she made me feel like an idiot, which, granted, probably should have known how to spell orange. No. You, you went to their school. If you didn't know how to spell orange, that's their fault. That's right. 
That's what I'm going off of. Blame it on the Catholic education. <laughs> did I re-traumatize you all over again? You, you did. I you did. Kinda yeah. did. My I'm apologies. Like, I lost for words. Yeah, you can thank my sister for that one. She was like, do you remember? Because, again, she's three years older than me, but everyone. We all share the same trauma. We, we all went to the same school. The same fucking pair. <laughs> same <laughs> pair. It wasn't even a new one, because it, it definitely was oh, moldy. Oh, it was rotted. Yeah, yeah, it was moldy by the time that we got to that that grade. Yeah. I think that pair might have had children. <laughs> oh, my God. You know the life that pair could have lived <laughs> outside of that bottle. Outside of that bottle, but it was trapped for life, which is really a metaphor, isn't it? For how we're trapped, we're all trapped in our own bottles. <laughs> What's your bottle for you? <laughs> <laughs> it's what life is. But discovering what it is. My bottle is a boring job <laughs> that I want to leave. Just kidding. Take that out. They're never gonna listen. <laughs> I get fired. <laughs> <laughs> yes, one of our one and a half viewers happens to be your boss. <laughs> but yeah, that's the moral of the story. Wow. What's your bottle that you, the pair, are stuck in? Think about that, viewers. <laughs> Write into us what your bottle what is. your bottle is. Wow. I'm gonna say I have yet to see a review on <laughs> Apple Podcasts. We have two listeners. <laughs> All right, well, the two bears are on it. What if we get a one star for you? <laughs> Give us a five. Tell us you love oh my us. God. Tell us if you love or miss Creaky Chair. I don't know if he will be making a guest appearance in this episode. Should I have just sat on a different chair? Yes. We don't have that many chairs to go around. We what is too this? Many fucking <laughs> furniture row. <laughs> <laughs> Does this look like an IKEA? I'm delirious at this Ooh. point. Um Yeah, so like and comment. Um we didn't make a TikTok. <laughs> if we make a TikTok brand, I think we will escape. I think that's our bottle right now. It's us not making a TikTok. TikTok. <laughs> it could be. Well, I am going to be home alone this weekend, so maybe I'll just sit in my room in the dark and make TikToks. You heard it here first. A little sad, but... What did you do last weekend, Brian? All right, all right. Fair, <laughs> fair enough. You didn't make TikToks. You weren't even productive. Nope. Mm. Just counting down the seconds till you came back. Yeah. <laughs> all right, well... well- <laughs> Thanks for staying tuned. Yes. Thank you for listening. We love you, viewer. Ne- <laughs> um, next week, Brianne will be back with a riveting tale that riveting. is yet to be decided. I'm going to come up with it in a dream. Maybe St. Elizabeth herself will maybe Saint Al- Maybe God will whisper in your ear Maybe a topic. I came up with this one last night. Fair enough. The gourd works in mysterious ways. Very mysterious. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, well bye forever. Bye forever.